So as we turn to a more guided practice of gratitude, this form of kindness invites us really to receive the benefits in our lives, whether the benefits are from ourselves, from others, or from life in general. And whereas, you know, this morning the guided piece was about feeling the fullness, this is, this adds a little bit more in terms of receiving that fullness. And the feelings that arise automatically. It's um, one of the descriptions of the Brahma Viharas or these energies of the heart that as you turn kindness towards difficulty, compassion automatically arises. When you turn this openness towards the fullness and benefits of your life, see if you can explore the feelings that automatically arise. This gratitude is not necessarily about a sense of obligation or return or what do you have to do, but really the internal quality of your experience. So as with all of these periods, whether they're guided or silent, the invitation is really to start where you are, start where the body is to relax into your alertness. So finding a posture that is both relaxed and alert. And just feeling the body as it is right now. Getting familiar in whatever ways work for you in terms of the details of your physical experience and the sensations arising. And as the walking and other experiences of the day begin to fall away very gently in this moment, just allowing the awareness to reside and rest in the in-breath and the out-breath. See if it's possible to feel the inhale and exhale through the space of your heart. Expanding and stretching on the in-breath and relaxing and softening on the out-breath. Feel that cadence, feel that rhythm that is always with us. allowing the energy of breath to feed the energy of your heart. 
And even if the heart feels less open or even tense, simply meeting that experience with kindness, simply noticing how that feels without it needing to be different. And in that moment, the heart opens to what is. And as you stay with the sensations of this energy of your breath, you're invited to open and reflect on the benefits that we've received and the kindness that we've received from our friends. The close ones in this life. They have supported us through all of our life changes. When we've been down or sick, they've encouraged us in our activities and projects, perhaps even our livelihood. Whether it's individuals or groups, whether they are from the past or the present, just feel the support and the gifts that have been offered over time. Sometimes these gifts are as simple as just listening, just being there. in the landscape of your heart and awareness. Just feeling the various ways that we've been supported and assisted by our close ones, dear friends. not needing to add any other story of obligation or things to do in return, just unconditionally receiving all that has been given. 
including their kindnesses in pointing out our faults in only ways that they can, because there's trust, something that's priceless. all the favors that have been offered, small or large, they all make a difference. These beings just simply make our life easier and allow us not to be isolated or secluded. There's a possibility of sharing with our close, dear friends in ways that we may not even be able to with our families. Allowing this appreciation to arise for our friends, feeling it in the body, not taking anything for granted, feeling yourself the recipient of their care, past or present. And allow the heart to open to appreciation and gratitude. Staying connected with the in-breath and the out-breath. Inhaling and stretching through the space of your heart. Exhaling, relaxing and softening. Turning that space of your heart specifically to the kindness of family. and how family has helped and assisted us. That as infants, we couldn't take care of ourselves. That we had caregivers, parents, extended family. And even if our parents weren't available to take care of us, there were others there 
who did. And even if our relationships with our parents are or were strained or even injured, the Buddha stated that each, if each of us were to carry our parents on our backs for a thousand years, it would not repay the incredible, immeasurable gift of life that was given to us. regardless of what happened afterwards, that gift was bestowed on each of us. Allowing the heart to open to all the beings that supported us in our development, our growing up, comforting us, rescuing us, teaching us. We were taught to communicate and speak and share. the encouragement to learn through our mentors and our teachers. All those benefits. Allowing our hearts to open to an appreciation for all those experiences that make up who we are, who we've become to be. Appreciating in the field of kindness. Thank you.
the invitation is always to ground with the body and the breath. Inhaling through the space of your heart, releasing through the space of your heart. And now invite yourself to reflect on the kindness and generosity of strangers in your life, people you may not have known well. Perhaps people in the background of your primary activities. People who are the administrators of a school or a program or a church that made a difference in your life. the anonymous beings that sometimes just give you a smile on the street without any reason, without any knowing. How does that feel? If you've ever had the experience of someone not known to you pay your bridge toll, And all of those beings and people in the world who work in great dedication in their jobs that have an impact on our lives for benefit, for ease. We may not know the people who have constructed our houses and homes or built the buildings that we work in. So many people have made our lives possible. The kindness of strangers, even if that kindness was not necessarily directed to us personally, it's been a benefit to us. Our lives are intertwined in our world in greater and greater degrees. What was written decades ago is even more true today. We do not finish breakfast without being dependent on nearly half the world. When we rise in the morning, we go into the bathroom where we reach for a sponge which is provided to us by a Pacific Islander. We reach for soap which was created for us by a Frenchman. The towel was provided by a Turk. Then at the table we drink coffee which was provided by a South African or tea by Chinese or cocoa by a West African. And before we know it, we leave And before we leave for our jobs, we are beholden to nearly half the world. In a real sense, all life is interrelated. All men are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied 
in a single garment of destiny. That garment of destiny includes the benefits that we have shared and been the recipient of innumerable strangers. This wisdom and words written decades ago by Dr. Martin Luther King. Can we be grateful for that connection and relationship that we have with each other? And as we continue to invite the expansiveness of gratitude, exploring that the breadth of that landscape, inviting the possibility of reflecting on the benefit that we've received from people who are even difficult in our lives. They may have even caused us some injury. With the careful invitation to be soft with this. If difficult feelings arise, can we simply be with the feelings? And if it feels overwhelming or disconcerting, just allow yourself the compassion to back away, turning the attention back inward to the body and the breath, to the close circle of friends of support that you have. But as we begin to extend this practice of opening, the reality is that in spite of all the difficulties we may have experienced, we all have grown. It is not in spite of the hardships or suffering. It is because of the hardships that we've developed the internal resources 
to more than survive, to grow, to navigate through difficulty, even pain, as each of us have had to do. None of us are exempt from that process. Even the people who have been difficult, irritating, or even harmful, have cultivated skills of patience, endurance, stamina, compassion. These are qualities that are essential for our spiritual lives. And in that way, we've received a gift. Opening to the possibility of appreciating even those gifts that have so supported us along our life's journey. feeling the body and the breath. Allow that rhythm of energy to support any experience that arises. And finally, turning this energy of appreciation, this opening to gratitude towards your own experience and reflecting on the kindnesses and gifts that you've offered to yourself over your lifetime. The support, the unconditional presence you have given, whether you've known it or not. Throughout your life, you have given yourself attention, care, and deep loving concern. You've worried and thought about and planned all for your own benefit. You've treated yourself, taken care of yourself, given yourself quiet time planned vacations, rewarded yourself. (coughs) 
you have given to yourself something that no one else can give you. And that is your undivided attention. Allow yourself to feel this fullness of gifts and benefits in your life. Allowing yourself to express your many personalities, your talents, seeing the splendor of all your joys and sorrows, This is a huge gift that you have bestowed upon yourself. Allow yourself to feel gratitude for the great fullness of your life. Appreciating yourself for who you are. Feeling this energy of your heart as it permeates the body and the heart and the mind. Being aware of how it feels. And as you turn your awareness towards gratitude, allow your heart to be stable in that feeling, inclining the heart and mind in that direction, feeling that energy of gratitude and appreciation Just fill that space of your heart like the breath. Expanding and stretching on the inhale. And as you release it on the exhale, relaxing and softening, allow that energy to mingle with all of the gratitude in the room. Allow that energy to fill the space. Pema Chodron writes, when you begin to touch your heart or let your heart be touched, you begin to discover that it is bottomless, that it doesn't have any resolution, that this heart is huge vast and limitless. You begin to discover how, warm, how much warmth and gentleness is there, as well as how much space, 
how much space to hold all the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. Feeling that collective experience of appreciation in the room, how much energy that you've generated and inclining the heart towards appreciating all of life, all beings. Gratitude without condition. Appreciation with no object. Appreciating yourself. Appreciating each person in this room. Expanding even further. Appreciating beyond the space of this room. Allowing the energy of appreciation and gratitude to mingle with the very air that we breathe. Allowing the sensations to flow through the body. Allowing thankfulness to pulse with the heart. Allowing the intention for gratitude to flow into the world across all landscapes in all directions. Appreciating all beings in all worlds, in all directions.
getting a little dark. Maybe a little cozy, but that would be great. So I wanted to acknowledge the the guided. Um, excuse me, my throat's a little scratchy. The guided pieces that I did this morning and just now are derivative of meditations that um, uh, uh, were developed by both Ayakima and Joanna Macy. Joanna Macy being one of our our elder Western teachers. And Ayakima was a Western nun who um, basically did uh, most of her practice life in Sri Lanka. She passed away relatively early, um, a number of decades ago. Um, and you can find those, uh, you know, the templates of the wording um, in her teachings and online as well. So we've actually covered a lot of material today um, in a very short time. And so I wanted to just create some space for any inquiries if you had about the nature of whether it's the mindfulness practice, the kindness practice, um, the gratitude practice. Uh, We didn't actually do too much of the formal loving kindness practice, but um, we incorporated a lot of the intentions and the well wishes into the other, um, other practices. And maybe we'll have a chance to do that later um, in the schedule. But are there any inquiries or, or questions that would support your practice right now in the retreat? I've um, experimented with making the focus of my attention uh, my attention itself. Mm. And I was wondering if you could speak about that a little. Sometimes I feel like it's, I get very lost. It's not as um, tangible as something rooted in a physical, like the breath. Right. But I'm very drawn to it. Beautiful, beautiful. So, um, and your name is? Meg. Meg. And so what Meg is speaking to is the possibility of being aware that one is aware, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly. And how um, uh, that can be a, a little bit of a slippery slope because it's not a tangible object. You know, the, the physical sensations are, are much more subtle or or even evanescent. And so how do we approach that? And I think that, you know, the fact that you're curious about it, that something is drawing you to pay attention to that. I think that my own experience is um, a lot of what practice invites us into is our experience of life that's really beyond concepts. It's really hard to language. And so it's not to, not to say that it's not there. It's like the Buddha pointing his finger to the moon, but we actually have to experience the moon ourselves. And, and that, um, you know, I know that for my own, my own experience, this, this, um, this being aware of awareness um, 
takes a lot of concentration and stillness because the mind, you know, even it's in its subtle states, can can have a certain vibration to it, can be distracted very easily. And that sense of awareness may go away. So really to play with it um, and to notice the curiosity. Um, and some of you may not even feel the direction of the question. So one of the things that is, I think, amazing about this life is there's so much we don't know, right? And when we don't know something, we actually usually know how to address that. We, you know, we talk to someone, we get more information, we read about it. We, um, but there are so many things that we don't know that we don't know. How do we find out about that? That's, that's actually much more um, um, subtle. And it's really our awareness and our curiosity that can lead us in that direction. It doesn't necessarily provide the answers. We have to live into the answers. So I don't know if this is helpful, but, but really to be, to be engaged with that curiosity. And I think that um, that, will, that will lead you. Thank you. I have a question. Please. I've been meditating for some time. Mm-hmm. And um, this morning particularly, uh, this uh, inner dialogue saying, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here trying to pay attention to my breath, wasting my time. This is meaningless, stupid, what, you know, all this negative. And, and I, I, this is familiar. And I tell myself, well, I don't have to argue that, no, it is good. I should do this. Just pay attention to my breath. But there's this compulsion to argue and say, oh, no, 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 no,
not get what I, you know, there's no benefit to this. I pretend that the thoughts are coming from the person in front of me. <laughs> and see what happens. You know, because, I'm sorry? Then I might move. <laughs> then you might move. <laughs> because we personalize, I mean, this is where the personalization comes in an instant. What I believe must be true. And so just taking the I out of it and exploring, okay, so now do I believe it? So, yeah, it's a, um, the instructions are so simple. It doesn't matter who sits here, really. I mean, you know, those of you who have been retreat have heard the instructions over and over again. We try to make them interesting. (laughs) Sometimes we're successful. But where the rubber hits the road, where it gets fascinating is where it lands in your life because it's your life that's different. You know, each, can, each circumstances in, your, in all of our lives are different and, and how these invitations land in it is going to be unique. So, you know, that's, I think that's the beauty of the practice that it is so widely applicable. Please, and back. Mm. I've noticed since being here that whenever I'm in, whenever I, at the beginning of stillness, it happened when I walked into my room the first day, it happened when we began to sit, um, that initially I'm welled up with feelings. So if I could ask a question, and um, when the emotions come up in that particular circumstance, whether you're going into the room or coming into the hall, is there an object to the emotions, or is it does it just come up without a particular subject or or um, direction? And it could be the sense of safety or the sense of, you know, the sense of somehow being held by all of us, the permission to go deeper. And really, you know, what I'm hearing is the emotion of gratitude. And that in a, um, in, in a world that's not quite so supportive of emotional expression, to allow yourself to feel all of that as you, as you have, because you have seen the taper, you have seen it pass away and then come back up. So it's like the breath. You know, we have, um, our, our whole life is, is full of these ebbs and flows cycles, whether it's, e- it's the cycle of eating or the cycle of sleeping, the cycle of emotions. And, and through deep examination of these cycles, we really get to viscerally, again, in a non-conceptual way, in a non-verbal way, 
feel the teaching of impermanence, how things come and they go. And it actually develops ease, you know, because generally we like to hang on to things. We like to hang on not just to the um, pleasant things, but we hang on to our anger too. We hang on to, you know, a lot of things that we don't like. At a certain point in life, we have to let go of everything. And that ease that we're just like in the walking meditation, you know, these are templates for how we live our life. You know, I'm thinking about Lila's father right now. I'm thinking about my father who passed. That at some point we have to let everything go. We can't hang on to every, anything. And each of these cycles is a teacher in that regard. Thank you for your question. Other inquiries or please? I have been working with sometimes a feeling of you talk about holding on to anger. Mm. Uh, if there's if there was a hurt or someone did something that was they were being difficult and maybe hurtful because of their causes and conditions, but that that feeling sometimes I will still drop into the story instead of seeing it pass. Mm. And I'm wondering um, in the past if I'm filled with a lot of loving kindness and I'm sitting in the metta, I can imagine them laughing. Mm. But it takes a while to work up to that. But in a, you know, in the beginning of a sit, I'm wondering when that comes, I can sometimes maybe think of intellectually the causes and conditions, but that drops into also that can be stories and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering if there are some other um, ways to work with it that you would recommend um, to not, to kind of be able to see the emotion uh, pass through or keep going. Right, right. Yeah, forgiveness is a huge practice in and of itself. Um, and it's and it and it takes so many factors of our our practice. Um, I um, we're actually going to do a weekend on forgiveness practice in um, the end of February, um, around uh, letting go and forgiving and um, and so just to in in brief. There are many different skillful means. Not any one of them is always going to work. And so um, all of the ingredients, whether it's the loving kindness that you mention, or um, sometimes just dropping beneath the story. Dropping beneath the story sometimes doesn't work. It feels that it's repressing something. Um, But often it's, you know, when when you notice, oh, there's that, tape going or there's that I, I sometimes um, shelve it in my library instead of reading the book in detail. You know, I shelve it under, you know, the biography section or the literature section or I acknowledge its 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 existence, but I don't dive into it. Um, again, you know, feeling it completely in the body. How does that, and sometimes that can get overwhelming as well. So you want to, the, the, the invitation of the practice is to work both with the wings of compassion and insight. So that 
to be compassionate with yourself as you go towards difficulty like that. And one of the things that has helped me in the injuries that I've experienced is, again, to notice that the cycle of forgiveness, because we're such a task-oriented society, we just want to get there. I just want to let go of this person. And maybe I can let go of one aspect of the experience, but then it comes up again. And to notice that there's an ebb and flow, that uh, it's like, you know, the flowers that bloom, they contract at some point, at some point in time, and then they bloom again. And that's our experience of forgiveness too. To part of the letting go process is part of, is letting go of the attachment to the outcome of forgiveness. That we actually don't know the exact path, but if we incline ourselves towards it we actually make it through. And again, just to acknowledge, it's a huge practice that that involves many many elements. So I'm just aware of time and I want to prepare for the Malaika's next yoga session. And um, thank you so much for our collective practice. If anything came up, during the, the guided piece that you would like to record, please feel, feel free to do that. And uh, I will, is there an announcement? Um, and um, bring something to write on or your journal for the sitting after dinner um, as a way of, again, a mindful, Uh, exercise in imprinting your experience.